Thanks for coming on the podcast, Jason. Uh, excited to talk to you about Stuck in Development. Congratulations on you know releasing that web series. Um, why don't you uh, just tell everyone a little bit about it and the inspiration behind it? Yeah, so you know they, they say write what you know. So Stuck in Development is definitely uh, a project and uh, close to my heart. Yes. <laughs> And it's really about a guy who uh, moves to L.A. to pursue his dreams of being a filmmaker and basically ends up spending all of his time on personal growth and development and not being able to move forward, you know, the thing closest to him in his heart. So it, it, it kind of makes fun in a, in a loving way out of my own story in some pretty big ways of um, my journey as an entrepreneur, as an artist and as a kind of spiritual growth junkie. And um, it just started out as some conversations with friends about, you know, hey, I want to do this stuff. And instead of waiting, like, what can we make? You know, what what can I make now? What are stories I know? What's within reach? And then it became started to become pretty clear. So, um, so does that mean like that final episode, or as or is the episode before that when Jared finally just decides like we're just going to make something? Is that kind of how what led you? To wanting to make this web series like you couldn't really come up with other ideas or finish other ideas and you're like i just gotta i gotta i gotta do something so we're gonna do this yeah i would say as someone who um you know has had big lofty ideas for a long time in terms of like you know the dream of so many filmmakers to make an epic 200 million dollar blockbuster and then the reality of the gap you know between what it takes to be able to do that and to just get something made and mm. i had made my most recent project, I think I shot in 2014 and came out in late 2015 and 16. And so then, you know, the time just flies and suddenly years were going by and I was like, oh man, like I could see a decade going by until, until, unless I just figure out something and I'd crowd crowdfunded my uh, first project. So I was like, okay, I think I can do that again. I remember how that goes. I've kind of built up my network even more. And there was just a feeling of, um, a close friend of mine, who uh, his name's Michael, who plays the lead character, Jared. I actually know through personal growth work, we're, we're in a men's group together. And oh, okay. he, he had radically changed his life and uh, plunged into acting and gotten an MFA at USC and was really going for it. And so another part of the inspiration was like, oh man, I just want to make stuff with my friends. Like, I just want to be able to create opportunity for them to do what they love, let alone do what I love. So he came out and we started powwowing and, and then there was really that decision of like, let's do it. Let's just make it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I mean, that's, we're, we're the same way. Um, we just, we just go out and do it. We have an idea and you know, the, our creator, like our creative team is always people who are like close to us or, you know, like-minded and like enthusiasm and like sort of like DIY in a way, but also like trying to keep it like high quality, professional, et cetera. But I guess at the the lowest possible cost, if you can and try to, if you can't get the funding for it, but it's always fun. It's just fun to make stuff, especially with people you like and share your vision. It's a blast. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to me, there's nothing more fulfilling than that creative moment on set, you know, so much work goes into getting there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, on every project I've ever worked on, there's just that beautiful moment where something ends up emerging that none of us could have predicted in terms of just how the camera was set up or performance from an actor. And 
suddenly everybody's kind of just offering their gifts and it becomes even more than my vision, right? It becomes the vision of the, the cast and the crew and everyone that helps make that happen. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan as well of like doing it with friends and trying to create a really good vibe on set. Cause you, as you know, production can be plenty stressful. And so yeah, oh, I got yeah. pretty clear early on. I'm like, if I'm going to go into the trenches with people, like I want them to be people I like. You know, mm-hmm. that I can, that are just good people. And we got really blessed with an, an amazing cast and crew that we really kind of just pulled in from our network. So everyone that was there, you know, was enjoying themselves and we were doing our best to pay them and treat them well. And that, that, that really showed up, I think, in the work. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the cast, I thought, had a lot of, a lot of personality to it. I, I really liked a lot of the performances, especially um, Adam. Uh, I just thought like (laughs) all the ideas that he came up with were like, I wouldn't necessarily come up with them, but like, I appreciate them. Like I have a marketing background. So I always think of like wacky ideas, like coffee, toothpaste, uh, my favorite thing. Like, I think I I laughed the hardest when he, when he mentioned the, uh, selling headshots to hackers. I just, (laughs) I've never heard of that before. And I just think that's like a genius idea and also just hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was kind of you know, you get into this world long enough and like, like whether you're an artist, an entrepreneur and, you know, certain things start to show up. And so he's kind of a summation of what I would call like the bro-preneur, like guys mm-hmm. who are super into optimization and life hacking and like creating marketing funnels. And so I kind of just channeled all of that into him and that's stuff I've tried, you know, like who doesn't have the dream of I'm going to create some uh, passive income business that's just going to pay for all my other things. And um, yeah, it was just so fun to sit down and think of how this guy would think and what kind of crazy zany ideas he'd be coming up with the whole time. Uh, or any of those ideas, ones that either you or a friend of yours like tried to do? No, no, no. So <laughs> they they were just for the show. They, they were uh, things I was going to uh, say, like, if coffee toothpaste exists out there, I can't imagine <laughs> it's good. But if you totally. tried it, I'd want to know. I guess I could say um, bulkblacksocks.com really does come from personal pain of every you know a year or two i'm just like man i am just tired of sorting my socks i just like suddenly I have to go through them and i have some chunky ones and i'm like i would just love to get the exact same sock shipped to my door once a year and i never have to match them because i hate doing laundry i just hate it and that's yeah. one of the reasons why uh, and you always lose socks so exactly that solves your problem uh, <laughs> um so um tell me a little bit about the like i guess post post production like you know like what how long did it take to get um to get it into you know the hands of i guess itunes um was it google play and then prime was that like was that self uploaded did you um did you did you like get connected with someone who helped you with that yeah so uh post production was um definitely in the spirit of the project Meaning we we actually shot in fall of 2019, and then oh, wow. a couple big things happened. I I had a baby, my first kid, in November 2019, and then three months later, COVID hit, and we discovered you know my my daughter was born deaf, and just my whole life kind of exploded, um, and so it didn't quite get edited as fast as I wanted it to, <laughs> but it took about a year to get to get solid first cuts of everything as I was juggling just a lot in life. Um, but as we started to cut, um, 
some some of the cast actually helped me do some editing and, and kind of pick things up. And then I was just mm-hmm. pouring through thing one painful cut at a time. You know, I kind of have a somewhat frustrating perfectionist streak when it comes to editing. I'm like, there's always a way. There's always a way. And I will like find a way through a cut or a transition if it doesn't feel good. So it probably took a little longer than it needed to. Um, but once the cuts were done, uh, it was just a great example. A great thing I love about this project was like just awesome people just kept showing up. Mm-hmm. So when I had run the crowdfunding campaign a year before, uh, a composer had reached out and was just like, hey, I love the idea of this project. Let me know, you know, if, oh, nice. if you want me to give it a go. And so I reached out to her and a couple other people and she was just like lightning rod. I was like, done, you're it. And so I gave her, we like met with her kind of gave her the vision, gave her some samples. And then she came back like 10 days later with the main theme. And I was like, you crushed that. We just started laughing out loud. It just had everything I wanted it in terms of like the energy. And um, so it was by spring, uh, early, early winter, late spring of 21 that like it was all kind of done. And then I was like, okay, now what do I do with this? (laughs) You know, we reached out to everyone I had in my network at at different, um, companies and streamers and stuff. And it was kind of just a little bit like crickets and, you know, don't tw- totally blame them because it's short form content, which there's mm-hmm. not a huge home for, you know, in this world as well. But then again, I'm really blessed. I, I do a lot of the the kind of dorky stuff that Jared does in the show and I'm in a, in a, in a men's group and a guy that came to one of my men's groups used to be kind of in the distribution world. And he, he pointed me to what became my distributor, uh, Buffalo eight. And I sent it over to them and they took a look and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we want to run with this with you. Um, and then it just took, you know, another six months or so to get all the ducks in a row and all the last levels of legal stuff that I didn't know Mm -hmm. about that. I certainly don't want to ever do myself again and just want to be able to pay someone else to do. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, finally, they were like, we got it. We're ready. July 25th. And oh, I was awesome. like, hallelujah. Finally, out of your hands. That's and right. You got to promote. Exactly. And then and then this this whole journey of marketing um, started of like, okay, yeah, now, you know, this day more than ever, it's like you make something beautiful or something you're proud of, but how do you get people's attention to get them to watch it, right? Because there's just so much content. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, it's funny though. It's true. Like web series, especially when pitching around to streamers, definitely doesn't. I feel like it doesn't click with them. I mean, I haven't really done pitching of it yet, but just from like what I've seen, like gets gets put out. Um, you know, unless it's like adult something like an Adult Swim show, where like a lot of those are like eleven minutes, fifteen minutes. Um, other networks, other streamers only have like you know twenty five to like an hour long episodes. But like, you know, platforms like YouTube um, are have, have always been so popular and they're just getting more and more popular and people will make, especially for the algorithm and for proper like payment and whatnot, will make longer form content in a YouTube sense, like 10 plus minutes and people still watch them because they like their following. So like, there's no reason why web series should be hard to pitch. I feel like people like they're not catching on to like, the internet trends and there's just so many web series too that have been picked up um you know from years ago that got picked up into like cable tv shows like broad city and like workaholics to name a few yeah. so like people gotta gotta catch up you know 
Yeah, and I, I think it's it's become an important path in, right? Because if you don't always have the resources to go shoot a shoot a full thing, mm-hmm. um, or certainly not feature length or full, you know, thirty or hour long episodes in a whole season, then it's like, well, do I just make a a pilot and be done with it, or do I like actually try to put something out there that you know has a start, beginning, middle, and end? And that's kind of what we went for. And you know, there there was there was a secret hope at the time. It was right when Quibi was starting up, which was uh, going to be like this big short term service. And I'd be like, that'd be perfect. And it was like right as we were wrapping post production, they they went away. They and I was like, done. oh no, maybe there's not an audience for that anyway. But Buffalo Eight, you know, saw it, saw saw the vision, saw it was possible, and, and ran with it. So I'm super grateful for them. Yeah, something about Quibi, it just never sat right with me. I think, I don't know if it was how they were marketing it, like all these like huge name celebrities were involved in their their content and something like that. And I was like, there's no way they have the budget for this. And uh, well, turns out they did. I don't, I don't know why that just hit me now, but one thing I, I was wondering, it's an interesting uh, set piece that I saw was um, the scene. I mean, I guess it makes sense now. Now, the more I think about it and get a little twisted with it. But one thing that it also just made me laugh, and I think episode two was when, you know, Jared was supposed to be writing, supposed to be writing like all day and his friends come over and like you find out that he was just in bed. um you know watching some hot stuff and got distracted but like obviously there's a pile of tissues that makes sense but then there's like a jar and i don't know why like that just didn't click with me at first like <laughs> why the hell is he laying there with a jar but eh, now it kind of makes sense it's <laughs> like an interesting touch yeah jared jared uh jared like me and many of my friends likes to go organic so he just goes all natural coconut oil Oh, that's that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was oh. jar jar of coconut oil oh, right on the I bed. Didn't see, so. I just thought it was an empty jar that he just had by his bed for like, <laughs> just in case it was going to happen. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's the benefit of the jar. You can you can keep using it afterwards. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, uh, recycle, reuse, all that. Uh, so obviously, a big part of this whole thing is the idea of writer's block and that search for inspiration while people around you are doing big things or at least you think they're big things because they're doing things and making progress while you're not uh, but i've read i've read before like there are other they're like songwriters or other writers who say that like writer's block isn't necessarily a thing it's just like you just i forget the exact words that i read uh it was in it was in anthony Kiedis's book scar tissue saying something how like writer's block doesn't exist it's like like a like a concept or something something weird like that but is that do, do you believe there do you believe like writer's block is actually a thing um that's a great question i i think like in the show for me it more shows up in procrastination and distraction so like okay i you know i'm a busy guy i'm i'm trying to move my life forward i still have to pay the bills like i don't have endless time to write Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I just don't have it. And what I found over time is without structure, the time I would set aside for writing, I would just <laughs> blow, blow away doing other things. Right. And suddenly mm-hmm. days or weeks had gone by where I hadn't really gotten anything out and gotten any real work done. 
So for me, it was really um, an example of kind of what Jared hits of he's just not putting the time in that he needs to put in. Like he has some of the ideas, but he just he just can't really get it moving and he keeps getting distracted by other things that he thinks once he does those things, the writing will be easy, right? And all the ideas will come like, oh, I'm going to optimize. I'm going to outline. I'm going to do all those different things that so many guys get get distracted by. Yeah, I definitely like that. I'm certainly one who I'll write like, I'll, I'll wait like 10 minutes, come up with a sentence, write it and think to myself, all right, that was good. And then I'll procrastinate for like a half hour and then be like, all right, I should probably write like another sentence though and get to it. Or like you just said, the, the, it's so easy to find things to do, especially if it's like bills to pay or like, oh, uh, now that I'm supposed to be writing, I, I do need to clean the bathroom, so I should probably go do that. <laughs> and right, it's a, it's a bad cycle to be in. Never a cleaner house than when I have a deadline of some kind, <laughs> in, in my experience. And and w- what ended up working for me, which again is kind of in the show, because I do actually have one, is like an accountability group of guys who are actually meeting with me of like, hey, what is it you're wanting to move forward? And we're going to kind of give you some pressure. Uh, so you... um. So you, you you start or you run like this group, right? Uh, are you, you yeah, found, you founded it. I, I, I'm in a men's group where we do that. And what really ended up working for me was uh, I would just meet on Zoom with a guy every morning from seven to eight. And just the fact that like we wouldn't talk to each other, just log in and mute. And our whole job was just to write then. And that was the thing that really brought this project forward was just having that structure in my life every single day of a friend who was writing his book and me writing the show. Uh, just knowing that if I didn't log in, he was going to be there alone. And that would just get me there. And then I wouldn't be distracted because I was like, oh, he's writing. So I'm going to write now too. And it really, really, really worked. Yeah, that that sounds like a really, it's an interesting um, support system and just motivational tactic to get you to get you to write. So it's just it's just you two pretty much in silence. Or do you like, you know, get like get ideas off each other if you're stuck? Uh, during those moments we pretty much just write you know occasionally there'd be a few words at the beginning or the end but we would just be writing and the group has grown since then so there's like dozens of people that log in now all times a day and kind of let each other know like hey i'm going in for a writing session if anyone wants to join me so it's become kind of a a cool thing in my my group of group of friends and creators oh nice Uh, yeah that's really cool how do you uh how do you get started with that um, I was in a men's group, so I was in. No, I mean, like, um, like, how'd you get started with like becoming part of like this this men's group? Like, oh, what, so what yeah. led you to like to join that? Totally, J- just like Jared, I'm a guy who wants to do a lot of big things in the world, but doesn't always <laughs> make them happen. And so, uh, my own growth journey just became really important to me in my 20s and 30s. Of like, yeah, there's a big, a lot of big things I want to do, and I don't know how to do them, so I need support. And life is plenty stressful. So just like Jared in the show, I'm both a filmmaker and a men's coach. So I actually work with men and I lead men's groups. I'm in men's groups to support guys and bringing whatever vision they have to fruition. Oh, very cool. Um, so what was I going to say? I'm drawing a blank. Um so who are there so are a lot of the people who worked on i know you said like for for your post-production help like for pitching and whatnot you 
you met some people in your group who helped out with that, but um, are like any or a lot of the creators or like actors part of this group as well? Like, do you meet them through there and you just kind of got together and put the show together via this group? Or are these um, just like people you met like in the industry from a while back? Yeah, so my creative team, um, uh, Michael, who's the lead actor, Jared, and then my uh, uh, a guy who also directed a couple of the episodes and, and wrote one of the episodes, Tim, uh, I, I know both of them through men's work. That's actually how I met them. We were filmmakers who met and guys interested in film who kind of met in this other community, so to speak. Um, so for me, it was like a dream to work with them because they were guys I was already spending time in life with and they wanted to do this kind of thing. And what I found is it just brings really high quality people into my life terms of you know you can you can meet some people in the industry you don't necessarily want to work with again these are all guys who i very much want to work with again and then because i knew them and their connections they brought in really high quality people as well so it became just this like i said just an awesome vibe on set yeah yeah that's uh that is cool that um you know a group like that because like it's already you know it's one thing to meet people in the industry and like talk shop and all that. And, and maybe one day you work together, but it's another thing to meet people. Like you just said in the same industry as you. And they coincidentally happen to be in like this, this men's support groups. So they're already here trying to one support themselves and support other people. So it just kind of like perfectly works out that way. And was this one, did you, uh, is this group, was this group like virtual or like, did you all meet like out in LA? How did that, how did like, you know, how'd you come together in that sense? Yeah, these guys I all uh, uh, met in LA, so we would meet in person and hang out and spend a lot of time in person, and you know, often talk about <laughs> the things that the characters in the show struggle with. So it became right. really just writing our lives, right? There's a little mm -hmm. bit of all of us in all these characters. You know, certainly some of the most embarrassing stuff is probably me, but there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of everybody in in, in these different <laughs> lead characters. Which you know, my hope is as ridiculous as the show gets it, sometimes it it has a little bit of that authenticity to it of like, ooh, yeah, I've been there or I've done that or can totally see how that might happen because it really does come from our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so like Jared, do you, do you try to like meditate all day or like, or sorry, not all day, every day. And, uh, does it help you? I, I, I do have a, a personal practice, um, but it did start with me thinking about meditating and reading about meditating and how good an idea would be to meditate for more years than I actually did it. <laughs> so that was kind of just like Jared of like, yeah, that's something I should do. And that'd be a really good idea to do, but then I'm not really doing it. But I do find um, particularly physical practice of like working out and meditating and just getting in my body is when I become the most creative. So that's a huge part of my day now where almost always the biggest ideas come in is either meditating or working out. And I just trust that's then what I got to get out on the page later on when I'm in front of the computer. Nice. Yeah, honestly, like I find working out, especially running, is a good way to just clear your head and you just you know all you can do is kind of think either think or zone out but either way something good's going to happen mentally by the end of it and you know unless you're like dehydrated and you pass out but other than that if you're in good health it's a good idea it helps you exactly uh what was it oh um what was the how'd you come up with the idea for the eye doctor i thought that was really clever i really love puns 
uh, which kind of comes into a later episode as well. I just, I'm always like thinking of wordplay in my mind and being a guy who's super into mindfulness and transformation and stuff. There's a lot of talk about the, you know, our I, particularly in Buddhism, you know, I, who am I? Um, and I just, I just thought it'd be really funny to like go in and this guy thinks he's going to see a normal eye doctor. And it turns out it's a pretty weird internal, you know, I as in me, um, doctor that kind of ends up giving him what he needs in the end, yep. kind of creeps him out in the way and surprises him in some big ways. Yeah. So was that, so that whole concept of before he even goes to the doctor was just some like mental break that he was having that he was having just like yeah just that, that did something like that happen happen to you where you like your vision feels like walking you think something's wrong but it's just like over like overexposure or something i've never had it that extreme I've definitely been stressed before. There's no construction happening in the background, so just so you guys know. Um, I've never had it that extreme. I, I've I've been very stressed before. And often what I would find is, and it was the closer I got to doing the thing I actually wanted to do, sometimes the more stressed out I would get and the more I would like self-sabotage. So for him, the, the real thing was like, oh, as this opportunity gets closer, I'm actually afraid I'm not gonna be able to do it. So his body kind of manifest an excuse to not yeah. do it, so to speak. And it turns out there is an actual kind of stress-related condition that can impact people's vision that I, that I did find out. So it's like, oh, okay, that works in, in all kinds of ways. But that was an example of, it started with this idea I'd had for the eye doctor. And then I was like, well, how do I get him that? Right? Right. Yeah. That That's interesting. I didn't know. I guess, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, people people get stressed, like stress takes on many different forms for people, especially like, you know, obviously mentally, but like physically it can, it can wear you down. So nice coincidence. Uh, what was it? Um, oh yeah. So do you, um, so what are your next plans regarding this show do you have like a season two in mind or are you are you hoping like maybe you know like we were just talking about with other web series that this can get picked up and you kind of like redo this this season in a longer form uh like what do you what ideas do you have i'm open to all of it i would certainly happily redo it and you know flesh them out into some longer episodes but we're also committed to you know whatever it takes to just keep moving it forward so we have tons of ideas for season two some of which then again, come out of real life of, oh, what happened after I shot the thing, right? There's a whole nother type of development that we got stuck into of actually getting through post-production and whatnot. So we've mapped out some pretty clear arcs and, and, and great comedy <laughs> for each oh, character sweet. in the second season that, you know, we're hoping getting the show up there and out there might bring in enough revenue to, for us to start getting a nest egg to really make that happen in a sustainable way. Sweet. I mean, if uh, whatever reason... Well, worst case scenario, that doesn't work out. You can just do what you just did. And you guys get together and do it again how you did it. And exactly. You know, just keep on going. It's all about, you know, sharing the vision, making the content. Um, it's an expensive route, but it's worth it in the end. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is a off-topic question but i saw on your website that you're a fan of pearl jam 
Oh and, yeah. And um a uh, great band. But I want to know if you know the photographer Danny Clinch. He goes by Danny Bones on Instagram. He's like a he's a music like photographer. Like for example, he he did the photo shoot for the college dropout album art. Um, but he does a lot of touring with Pearl Jam and like does a lot of their like sets, like does their photography and like um their videos for their live concerts. So I want to know if you knew who he was. I feel like you definitely like his content. A lot of it's Pearl Jam based nowadays. I did not, but you've piqued my interest. So that's <laughs> gonna be an immediate follow for me. Yeah, super cool. Uh just I just stumbled upon his page one day. I was like, oh, he did he did the shoot for college drop. I gotta follow this guy. He's sick. <laughs> That's amazing. How cool. Uh, so, um, what, so are you, are you like a, like a nineties grunge fan? Is that your, is that your bread and butter? Yeah. You know, they say no music gets you like the music you grew up on as a teenager. So that was definitely, that was definitely the music for me. And, um, you know, I've been to, I just finally saw him again for the first time since before COVID and, I think I've been to like 31, 32 shows now. So it's, it's a lifestyle for me and I quite, quite enjoy it, but uh, you know, uh, I, I will definitely rock out to any early nineties alternative that just, you know, it's just so deep in me from some of those formative years that it's my music. It's my, it's my time. I feel that I'm, uh, I'm seeing the red hot chili peppers in September. I'm pumped for that. Yeah. They just played LA. Oh yeah. Yeah. My fifth time seeing them. I'm ready for it. I don't think I've seen them in uh like since like 2000, like 16 or 17. So it's been a while. But I love that band. Their their energy is unreal on stage. And I, I I've been to a lot of shows. I've been to a lot of shows that were technically better on a performance front, but like no one has the energy that they have for a group of like 50 year olds. <laughs> Totally. They're epic. There's just something about, you know, them and Pearl Jam, some of those bands that have made it, we keep going. There's, there's a reason, right? There's the reason they're the best because exactly. they just put on an incredible live show and like leave it all on the stage. Yep. Amen. Uh, I think that is honestly it for my questions. Um, but you know, I, I do, I wish you luck with, you know, the future of the show and your other future projects. I hope you have learned not to get distracted. And if you ever do just watch the show to remind yourself what not to do. Yeah, it's, it's been a, an epic journey. And I, I will say the most powerful thing I've learned from becoming a father is like, I don't have time. I just don't have time to procrastinate anymore. It's probably been the biggest shift of it's like, okay, you literally have 45 minutes. Go. That's it. There's no, there's no coming back to things. So I have learned to become a, a lot more efficient. And uh, yes, thank you so much for, for making time. It's been great being here. Really appreciated your questions and the energy of what you guys are up to and excited to just get this work out there. And for anyone it resonates with, please, please, please share. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone who missed it, you can watch Stuck in Development on iTunes. You can buy it on iTunes or Google Play or watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much, man. Thank you, Brian.